0: start of a new year is considered a perfect time to turn a new page. And why so many people set goals and make resolutions. But now that we're two months into the year, odds are you're probably one of those struggling to keep up with them. Why do old habits die hard? What do you do to make new ones stick? And how do you avoid another case of goals gone wild? Let's find out. I'm Arun and with me is my friend Sangeet. This is another episode of Hey You're Unmute.
1: I recently signed up for the kindle unlimited program on my phone and the whole plan was to get into a habit of reading you know i kind of figured this way i'll probably read more books than what i did last year only because the program already has all these books categorized and cataloged mm. very nicely so i'm gonna spend less time searching for these books so probably that's a good idea right that plan of mine lasted exactly a week and uh, I think it's been it's been a while. I think it's about a month or so since my last three-day streak. And I'm now thinking, how do I get back into this habit that I almost
0: started? Hold on. I mean, you got that in your phone? Like, why?
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, at the time, I figured I've got my phone on me all the time. So the chances of me just reading books on my phone is going to be a lot higher. But that didn't go down too well, especially because... You know, all these notifications, they kept buzzing in. And yeah, yeah. I had a hard time just, <laughs> just sticking to whatever it is I was doing on the phone, app. Uh, you know. And I think that's the problem. These apps are so damn addictive that I now have the habit of checking these mindless, useless notifications instead of just focusing on what I'm supposed to be doing right now.
0: Oh, right completely hear you, man. I mean, these these notifications are like dopamine shots for all I know, like just spurring you on to keep checking them every now and then.
1: It'd be so cool if I could get dopamine shots to just, you know, stick to just read the reading the damn book on the phone <laughs> or, or, or for any good habit for that matter.
0: Maybe you just take a page out of Trump's book and, you know, you could inject... A dopamine Injective shot like you would do with a disinfectant dist- or a bleach. <laughs> but I know what you mean. Like, you know, habit is just one of these words that gets thrown, you know, used quite a bit every often, but you got to understand, you really got to understand how it actually forms, like behind the scenes. What 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 does it take? Like I actually watched this very interesting uh, Google Talk video and uh, what they were talking about over there was discussing the relationship between neuroscience and behavioral psychology so if you just take our brain aside it's got like a mammalian side to it you know the mammals what would a mammal do Um, so that side of the brain is always looking for safety cues you know some Mm. routines that it kind of can put your mind to rest because you know you've been there you've done that and your brain's like feels a bit more calm and relaxed like have you ever seen like kids and you know just sitting down and watching the same cartoons or videos over and over again
1: Dude, for sure. I mean, I've been to my friend's house where uh, I've seen them watch, you know, videos of Peppa Pig and and some of these other cartoons. You know, in fact, uh, here's what I learned. There's this video called Baby Shark Dance and oh, it's it, it's it's got way too many videos. I mean, way ahead than, I don't know, Despacito or, you know, A Shape of You and stuff like that. Just imagine the number of kids and equally their parents as well. You know, how many of them have been watching this video endlessly on loop? It's got crazy amount of views, really.
0: (laughs) Yeah, now that song stuck in my head. But oh, God, Uh, it's actually (laughs) just fascinating how YouTube like really decides to game behavioral patterns, even with kids, isn't it? I mean. Um, like, so, like I was saying earlier, like the, the brain likes to be in this comfort zone, and it doesn't want to spend all that energy. So it's looking to do some things that it kind of relaxes it all together. But at the same time, there's this other part. It's called the neocortex, apparently, which is the human side of you. So this is the brain that this is the part of the hmm. brain that sets you apart, right? I mean, what sets us apart from the mammals out there? It's the side that's you know responsible for executive decisions, like you know prioritizations and critical thinking and you know seeking growth and all that but that part does require energy right so there's always this constant Mm -hmm. battle where our brain's like yeah should i side with the human side or should i go ahead and do something what a mammal would be doing you know should i be striving for safety or do i strive for change like for instance have you ever noticed like when you're tired um or stressed you kind of tend to be less creative yeah i
1: mean i think if you haven't got enough sleep the previous night then you know the next day you're kind of feeling groggy, and you're not probably not as productive as you would have expected to be.
0: Bingo, man, that's, that's exactly it. This is your brain trying to go from the human to the mammal side, like your basic survival instincts suddenly start kicking in and you, know, you just want to conserve energy and do things that just need you to get by. <laughs> Sounds funny, but believe it or not, your brain is constantly looking for ways to save effort. So it might just pick any routine, Convert it to a habit, allowing your hmm. mind to ramp down,
1: dude. But that means what you're saying is, as humans, we are programmed to kind of be lazy or really take the easy way out because that kind of makes sense, right? That's why uh, you've got these. Uh, mm, have you heard of infinite scroll? Oh yeah. It's this. Uh, it's this thing on the apps, right, where the app or the feed it just doesn't end, right? It's really an endless stream of memes, videos and photos, all of them sliding in front of your eyes, staring aimlessly into the screen as your finger, you know, casually flicks the screen completely, completely unbeknownst to you, almost like a habit. The thing is, it happens so easily and so very quickly that maybe you don't have enough time to process the information that's sort of sliding in front of your eyes, which is why a lot of the times we keep saying that I've spent a lot of mindless time on Instagram, uh, and all of this feels so much meaningless. Uh, But then again, at the same time, maybe second nature as well. The app and the whole system per se, the whole social media system, Mm. it's kind of designed to ensure that you spend more time staring into your phone, feeding into this habit, getting you to repeat the action of casually flicking the screen up, I suppose.
0: Totally. And, you know, you got to first ask yourself that question why do we do anything? Like, why do any action really? I like, remember the time back in I know, secondary school and you had this thing in your biology book, something called a stimulus, not to be confused mm, with mm. the stimulus checks, obviously, but uh, mm. it's exactly that, right? I mean, you have a cue or a trigger and that is what really gets you to do anything. Um, and these can be like internal, like it could be say emotions or you know, you're know, you hungry um, or you fear of, I don't know, maybe getting fat, right? or it could be external in your case it could be like a ping on your phone indicating a a new message or a notification of some sort and that's how you have a queue to check your message
1: and more often than not it turns out it wasn't even my phone man it's somebody else's phone really
0: (laughs) but tell you what you still go on and continue scrolling anyway
1: i do i do (laughs)
0: But it's really like this classic Pavlovian conditioning, isn't it? I mean, Pavlov, this this Russian physiologist, um, I think it was like 150 years ago or something, he accidentally discovered that his dogs would begin salivating as soon as they would hear the sound of his footsteps bringing food. So he wanted to test this out. He was like, that can't be right. So he tested the same phenomenon, but this time with a ping. And over time, what he realized is that his dogs could be conditioned into thinking that there was food coming their way. So hmm. they would just start unconsciously salivating as soon as they heard that thing. So what, we, what is really happening here is classical conditioning. A cure, a trigger leads to that action. And, you know, if you continue doing that sufficient number of times, it does become a routine.
1: I kind of like that trigger action reward and motivation for that reward is why we keep repeating thereby, creating a habit
0: precisely the anticipation of a reward stimulates that pleasure center of your brain i know it's a very freudian concept but you know it can get easy when if you kind of break it down so you got these pleasure centers which are essentially your dopamine reserves right you've probably seen that on social dilemma which came out on netflix last year everyone was talking about it yeah yeah but this is what leads us to do all of these kind of things and you can call them actions or whatever right but this is this internal search for that happy chemical And let's call this the pursuit of happiness, okay? Now, your brain starts bunching these actions together so that your brain can then get into that zone where, you know, you've got oodles of this chemical, oodles of dopamine.
1: I'm going to stick with the whole Will Smith theme that you've just started, man. And how about (laughs) we call this, this particular zone, this whole bunching zone called, I don't know, the wild,
0: wild west, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a classic, man. And I'm sure if Will Smith had, decided to not do that movie, we would have instead called this zone, The Matrix.
1: And it would have still made sense, <laughs> you know, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you mean. But it's it's the brain. It can do funny things, right? It sequences these actions into automatic routines, right? It's just trying to look for ways to minimize effort. But going from yet another bunch of actions to something more business as usual or which is more innate, it's that is what allows your mind to... Okay, sticking with Will Smith again, and I'm going to mention maybe a, you know, a lesser known movie here. What it does, it, it allows your mind to focus.
1: Oh, I see what you did there. I mean, it took me a minute. It took me a minute, but well, that was smooth. Don't <laughs> that, that really, uh, okay, yeah, focus was really smooth, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but it's interesting, right? So I, I like what we have going on here. All of this, this habit formation, as you put it, It kind of begins with, let's say, the pursuit of happiness. Uh, And to act on it, you're really sort of entering the wild, wild west. Do that uh, a sufficient number of times, uh, repeat it, and you bring your actions into
0: focus. And exactly at the core of this Will Smith filmography cycle is where habits are formed. (laughs) (laughs) It's so simple, uh, isn't it? (laughs)
1: Yeah, I, I, th- I think that's how everybody is going to think about habits these days. They're going to think habits and they're going to think
0: Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> and it's precisely this reason why, for someone who isn't very active or going for a walk every morning, it's habit formation. But for someone who's been kind of jogging every morning for the last five years, it's called lifestyle.
1: On the next segment, we explore real-world examples of how habits work and how they form a major part of our daily routine, sometimes without us even realizing it. So, Arun, uh, you know, earlier on, you talked about how, you know, all these apps hit us with the dopamine shots and keep nudging us to keep checking them out again and again. But what about things like membership programs or, you know, these loyalty cards and experiences? initially all these programs hook you with discounts or these crazy good offers like let's say when you have to sign up for a new credit card or a hotel membership uh, for that you know fancy date you know you plan once every month or uh, or let's take the example of amazon prime i remember that it was just about 500 rupees or about 5 pounds per year when they first launched and at that time i primarily purchased it or you know subscribed to it for the super fast deliveries but mm. on top of that They said it's got free movies, it's got music and and early access to some of the sales and all of that. Uh, And that was awesome seven years ago. Now, the whole Amazon Prime thing, it isn't as attractive as it was before. Also, it costs double today. But still, I haven't considered cancelling it. I think and that's mainly because it's convenient and I expect no less. Sort of, it's become a part of my habit, I think.
0: Yeah, I'm actually fortunate enough to work in the digital loyalty industry. This entire space is built on rewarding experience. So, you know, in turn, it can help create habits as well as increasing the lifetime value of the customer. So why does a customer ever come back to you? You've got to think of that, like they remember something unique about your product or service, you know, where it's probably going to have a deeper or deeper meaning to it and where they can actually grow a habit out of it. Now this again can be influenced a bit further if you want to reward them for their royalty in some way, maybe give them a fair share of points, right? Or maybe some instant gratification hmm. via discounts or cashback, right? What this really does, it drives a greater probability of follow on revenue because there's a very, very strong psychological link here. What you're trying to do is create that feel good experience for the customer at the point of purchase.
1: Okay. So you mean at Shopper Stop? When I reach the counter after waiting for a while at the queue, the the, the the moment when the cashier asks me if I've got a loyalty card or a membership program, mm-hmm. you know, that point, are you are you suggesting that it's them consciously trying to make me feel better about spending 15 minutes standing in the queue?
0: <laughs> yeah, so when, think about it, if it's someone actually parts money at the till, you've uh, got this innate sense of this discomfort, right? I mean it's it's still an unpleasant experience regardless of how much money you're parting with. But hmm. giving away rewards like discounts or loyalty points or cashback or what have you, what you're really doing is prioritizing those positive impact touch points in the overall customer journey. And you're taking away that discomfort and influencing a better brand experience. So yeah of course you know you've got you've got something like points maybe it's a good me- mechanism to get folks to come back. But uh, you know, at the same time, you gotta also think that it shouldn't be an ordeal for them. Like, yes, it's great, I can collect points, but don't make them wait years to rake in just to get enough points to maybe buy a toaster or something. You gotta make it worthwhile. Right? right? The the anticipated reward right. should give the end customer enough impetus to get back and transact again, convert that action to a routine or a habit, and collect more of those points, vouchers, what have you, all of that.
1: Hmm. Okay. I don't think I've ever thought about how much of this, that whole experience of me standing in line at shop or stop or at any store for that matter, how well programmed it is, right? Because it's part of your daily routine and daily life. And now with what all that you're saying, it kind of makes you think maybe all of this is, you know, an elaborate setup, sort of making sure that you're, you're having a positive experience and, and you know, how do, you, how do I get you hooked onto that particular habit? A good example of, you know, how how these membership or subscription programs get you hooked, uh, you can see that on dating apps. Uh, so let's take Tinder, for example. The app keeps nudging uh, the user into thinking that your match is out there somewhere waiting to get your uh, your super like. Okay. I think you get about two or three by default. Uh, but the idea is you could, you know, you could pay more. So it's those super <laughs> likes, is it? <laughs> <laughs> so it's the most so and the idea is that you could pay more and buy more of these and uh, which means you're kind of increasing your chances of finding your your perfect match but here's the thing tinder or whichever app that is right it doesn't care if you're looking for the perfect one or many average ones have you as long as uh, tinder uh, can trigger you into thinking that the reward as we we called it earlier is just a swipe away they've got you hooked They've got you hooked not necessarily into the perfect one because that doesn't pay their bills. But they've got you hooked into constantly swiping and uh, and into that sound of instant gratification of matching with someone again and again and again. Uh, so it kind of makes sense why Tinder India's tagline is start something epic again.
0: <laughs> Brilliant.
1: But dude, what about the... Uh, supposedly the good apps, you know, the ones that try to make sure that you stick onto a habit, like Mm. these fitness apps or Fitbit for that matter, you know, they've sort of gamified the entire experience. Five or maybe even 10 years ago, you felt great running every morning. But today, as you track each run on your app, you are also shown a graph that indicates you are better off than um, 39% of people in your area using the app. Now, it's the same activity as before, right? But now a statistic about a bunch of people whom you don't even know tricks you into thinking that your habit was has tremendous room for improvement. Now, here's the thing. Based on who you are, it could go either ways. You could go feeling really excited about it or mm-hmm. maybe just downright miserable. But... You know, it's kind of interesting to note how things like gamification and, you know, social context or social, you know, social credit really helps in cultivating a habit. I mean, what do you think?
0: No, it really is the case. You could just take the video game industry as an example. Release a game in a a freemium model, get the customer to kind of form a habit. And before you know it, they've got loot boxes and microtransactions and everything just to power up. um, and, And, you know, it just forms a habit there. Actually, Farmville and Candy Crush are fine examples of games that did this. Um, so you remember them from like, I think, about like a decade ago. And oh yeah, you know, they, they're both like early pioneers in this mobile gaming space. But what they've been actively doing is exploiting this compulsion loop, right? And now, if you were to go on to, I don't know, whatever website, you get all these other clones, right? You've got, I don't know, mm. Clash of Clans and... Uh, lords yep. and you all these games right multiple clones out there which have made it to the app store but it's it's games like this that have paved the way for many more to come in candy crush for instance actually made about 2 billion dollars in revenue just last year wow crazy i mean ea sports another one right it's in the game <laughs> they they get a they draw a lot of flack for fifa points and loot boxes on on star wars <laughs> in fact if you actually google the most downvoted comment in reddit history it's actually an ea employee who's trying to defend the company's decision to get customers to pay money in order to unlock um characters in game i think it was um, some guy complaining that he had to pay 80 dollars to unlock darth vader right and everyone was just they went berserk they were like this is just not what we expect from uh, EA's, um, you know, the games that they released with Star Wars and stuff. And one of the employees actually came in and his exact words were, the intent is to provide players with a sense of pride and accomplishment for unlocking different... Wow. Heroes.
1: <laughs> Jeez.
0: Uh, it's preposterous, but, you know, it's not, they're not going to stop. Why will they? Because what is driving the business at the moment? Habits. Once a customer is hooked, they will pay to continue the habit the brain can get you to do funny things at times
1: hmm. so this is a bit interesting right because we've been thinking about how are how the environment and how these corporations and these companies and and you know and like like ea sports have been working to get consumers and their customers hooked on and create a habit out of that but what about getting good habits to stick like and, and, and simple ones like let's say eating clean every day of the week or uh, say going for a run every day or maybe, uh, you know, tagging along with somebody who is is a regular at the gym so that you don't miss your gym workouts.
0: Tagging along. Yeah, that's a classic accountability partner that you have there because in psychiatric context, that would be like forming of an Ulysses pact. So if you don't know what Elysius pact is, I mean, it's uh, it's basically where you design uh, a decision knowing very well that you will be bound to it in the future it's it's an effective pre-commitment device and actually a lot of us are actually using it and we don't we don't tend to realize it or even label it as um, an analysis back like for instance if you had a, an auto debit or a direct debit set up at the start of every month say to pay off your bills right it kind of tricks your mind into thinking that that is your wage your monthly wage that's all you've been paid right mm-hmm. and yeah. similarly in, in your case, like you've got a heavy duty goal, like maybe running, right? If you were by all yourself, like what you would do is your brain would automatically push it down the priority list, right? The moment you've mm. got an accountability involved in the form of a partner, right? Your friend here, your commitment levels automatically go up because saying no suddenly becomes more difficult. It's, it's, it's harder to ignore when you've got other people who've equally got expectations of yeah. what you're going to accomplish, right? And, you know, your motivational triggers are no longer just about yourself. On the final segment, we explore how you can make, break, and optimize your habits.
1: Okay, let's take a step back does the intent matter? And, you know, should someone be thinking about why they are getting into a habit before actually getting into it? Uh, And I ask this because that kind of requires a lot of effort and can be a little tricky. I mean, there are easy ones like stop smoking because it's not good for your body. Um, Even if you feel great momentarily or try not to use a credit card, especially if you're broke at the end of every month. But then there could be others where people tend to go overboard, often influenced by this this notion of perfection. We often, you know, we see folks on Instagram all the time, constantly reminding you that uh, their hair, those abs and that butt doesn't look that great every minute of the day or even every day for that matter. But for someone who isn't careful uh, about the habits they cultivate, this could potentially lead them down a very miserable path.
0: Hmm. I was actually listening to uh, just the other day um, some VCs on um, Clubhouse, right? Because that's uh, the talk of the town. Everyone's uh, everyone's on Clubhouse these days. Oh yeah. And uh, Naval Ravikant, um, he's uh, an Indian American angel investor. Uh, he actually had to say something about habits in general. And what he said was, if you closely examine them and cultivate them, um, if you really wanted to do it that way, you need self-awareness because habit formation is all about making a deal with the self. Don't go about fooling yourself into thinking about whether you want it or you don't, right? It's not about trying to look cool or impressing others. You you, you just got to live your life. And if you want to manifest something, you do it. Um, He also went on to Mm, say like, you know, habits in general, um, there's a lot of gray areas in it, right? Because everyone has different degrees of strengths and weaknesses. So you can't really say a habit is good or bad
1: Okay. In
0: in essence, you, you don't have one prescription. I mean, that's what he's, what he's saying is it's what you make of it. Your goals may be different from someone else's perspective, but at the end of the day, go ahead and set it because it's your own personal goals that define the best version of who you are. It's it's exactly like what Chris Cornell once said, right? To be yourself is all that you can do.
1: Audio slave fans represent. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but this is interesting, Arun. So I'll tell you what. I want to go back to that habit loop you spoke about earlier. Uh, here's what I want to do. I want I want to put that into the context of breaking habits, not habit formation, which is what we've been talking about all this while. So, say mm-hmm. somebody wants to stop smoking, or you know they want to eat sweets less. So how do they go about breaking this habit?
0: Sure thing. I mean, it just take something more easy. And, you know, maybe a bit more relatable as well to our listeners. Um, how about trying to break yeah. the habit of checking the phone? You know, first thing in the morning when you wake up.
1: Dude, I think it might be easier to quit smoking.
0: <laughs> let's, let's give this a shot, shall we? What's the trigger here? The phone rings, ping, sound of a new message, or you know, maybe use your phone as an alarm to wake you up.
1: Okay, so that was the trigger. So the action... I stretch my arm, reach out to the phone, which is uh, on my bedside table and turn off the alarm. Obviously I can unlock it with face unlock. So easy that I don't even have to get out of bed.
0: Oh boy, Pavlov is going to be so proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your, your home screen shows you apps with you know all, that, all those notifications and you got that little red dot on the top, top right maybe of uh, the app icon and you zoom through your emails replying to each one of them, still in your bed. And at the end of it, that magical reward that awaits you, what is it?
1: Zero unread messages.
0: That little feeling that you accomplished something by catching up on your work all while in bed.
1: Yeah, but here's the problem. It doesn't end there because on that phone, it's got notifications from WhatsApp groups, uh, from Instagram. And I'll tell you what, I will check the podcast app to see how many listens this episode would have got by then. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, before I know it, I realize that I've time traveled two hours into the future.
0: But if you were to try and game this, right, what is the opposite of habit formation? So we'll try and do something there. Instead of making things easier, how about we try and make it tougher to complete that habit loop?
1: Okay, back to the first, the trigger. Um, okay, maybe I don't use the phone. Maybe I get an actual timepiece, or maybe I can make it really tough and get a rooster instead. That'll be interesting.
0: <laughs> or maybe we just stick to the timepiece for now. Okay. <laughs> Complicate that action, right? Lock your phone away in a cupboard before you go to sleep. If that doesn't work, Keep the keys in another room. I don't know, right? Just make it more tougher for you to get hold of that phone, even if your brain triggers you to do it.
1: But then what about the reward?
0: Well, you've got to figure out what that is. What is the payout? I mean, is it excitedly sort of replying to all the emails the moment you wake up? Or is it the fact that you get to see zero unread emails and that red dot or notification just completely disappearing from your apps?
1: Interesting. Yeah, this is like that uh, intent piece we spoke about, right? Figuring out, why we want to get into this habit what's the reward because i'll tell you what if it's about uh, seeing you know zero and red mails i could technically set up a rule in outlook automatically move all my emails to this to this folder called to do or push it out to a to do checklist and then i can strike off each email or those items one by one off the list
0: yeah, and if it's apps and random notifications about, say, a new video on YouTube or discounts, you, know, you could you could easily disable and such notifications. There are digital well-being programs on your phone. I think all of them are actively trying to do that these days. Apple, Samsung, all of them. And what they mm. essentially do yep. is lock you out of your application outside of your chosen hours. So this way, you've changed the daily trigger. Now, you've made that action harder to execute. And, you know, I remember our, our brains, like I said earlier, is, you know they're programmed to be lazy. So what you've done is importantly delay the reward. Uh, you still get it, but it's just not easy anymore.
1: Habits are essentially systems, aren't they? Uh, and I think uh, any modular system can be managed better. So I, I suppose rather than making one massive sweeping change altogether, if we can marginally improve each of these modules regularly, then, you know, consolidating all of that together, you know, cumulatively, this should result in a significant improvement across the entire system. It it, kind of makes sense that way. Mm. Also, I think there isn't a great day to start a habit. So you know how everybody waits for the 1st of January and New Year resolutions to kickstart these brand new habits? Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe it could be just a simple, small change in your daily system today. But for that, I think it's important that you got to understand your system and what it is that you would
0: like to change about them. And I just want to add to that, remember we are programmed to be easy. So if you're trying to get started on a habit, make sure it's easy to get started and your your goals aren't super intimidating because the easier it is for you to integrate within those systems that you talk about, the likelier that you stick to it. And with time, these force changes bit, you know, become boring and seem like second nature to you. So if you're trying to get better at something, you know, make sure you're monitoring your progress, but in a way that it doesn't make you feel miserable. So if it helps join a group or a social circle where others are building that habit, um, that might actually ha- you know, kind of help you to stay motivated. As humans, we are, you know, all we are very social animals, right? And we're always out there. Trying mm. to seek that social validation.
1: Wait, Arun, does this mean I should ditch my Kindle unlimited subscription and join a book club instead? So, like, so many people sitting around in a circle discussing serious interpretations of every new book that they read each week, dude. That definitely sounds intimidating. Yeah.
0: <laughs> nah, you got you got good reads for that. They've they've actually even got an app for it, like. Dude, actually, you know what? Maybe just get a Kindle um, or, or a physical copy of a book and start reading. Um, if you're like me, <laughs> you probably go one step further and pile a whole load of books. I'm actually looking at them right now. And you don't actually end up reading any of them. I think the Japanese have got a word for it. But uh, maybe that's for another episode altogether. And as for your phone, man. Just lock it away or mm-hmm. follow the keys. Like, you know, you do it in, as if you're in a Looney Tunes cartoon. And uh, you've got plenty of options, my man.
1: Look, we understand that building habits is easier said than done. Sticking to them is probably tougher, but putting a system around it, understanding the various modules in that system and optimizing each module probably helps. We learned a lot researching for this episode. Special shout out to my friend, Athira Manoj, who helped me with trying to understand how habits are formed and, and, and how habits work.
0: In case you'd like to read more about habits, we highly recommend reading Atomic Habits by James Clear. And Distraction by Nir Al. There's also this really good Google Talk um, episode that I talk about earlier in this podcast. Uh, it's by this neuroscientist, uh, Gabija Tolikai. It explores what goes on in your brain when you attempt behavioral changes. All of these help you put a framework into understanding your habits well enough so that you can actually change them for the better. We've been trying to get into the habit of putting content out regularly for this podcast. And while we know we can do a better job at it, We really do hope you like this episode.
1: Also, feel free to check out our previous episodes. We are going to be coming up with some new and exciting content in our next episode. So make sure you hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcast and follow us on Spotify.
0: We are also on Instagram and Facebook. Search for us on HYOM Podcast and do send us a message on what you thought of this episode. That's it from us this week. And until next time, stay safe, crush your habits, and don't forget to unmute yourself.